Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, pretty good. Good, good. I'm just trying to have a good time in spite of it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, in spite of everything. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, you know, hang out with good people, do nice things, watch good TV and movies and stuff. Not been, uh, not been buying any any pixels of monkeys. Uh, no, I, I've decided not to invest my hard-earned cash in fucking clip art on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> good, good call. Good call. Even after the years that have been 2020 and 2021, my brain hasn't deteriorated to the point where I buy. <laughs> I just buy old magic cards instead. That's the same. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm doing good. I've uh, truly. Back in the midst of my RuneScape addiction. Oh yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Someone mentioned RuneScape to me, so therefore I've been playing it non-stop for the last like month. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my favorite game. It's just a stupid point-and-click thing. It's fun. It it makes serotonin happen in my brain, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't really ask for much more, can you, these days? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to have a good time. Uh, what's his they've done their work I've been watching Stranger Things again yeah nice um, what a good show it, well, it is it is I mean we're still waiting for the season 4 but yeah from what we've seen so far I think it's a fantastic show yeah currently in the middle of season 2 because I've, so I've, I've watched it it's like probably my favourite show yeah um, and Ali hasn't seen it and I was begging her the whole time just like if we spent the Halloween weekend watching it. So it's like me rewatching it and her watching it for the first time and she finally relented. Um and it turns out she thinks it's good. I I, I wasn't lying when I said the show was good. Yeah, it is. Uh but yeah, we're in the middle of season two, which isn't the best. It definitely picks up again in season three. But it is um, the one the Secret Lair is based on, right? Yeah, uh, season two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they, they got me to buy that, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. It's the best time of year for me personally. It's cold and windy and kind of grey all the time. It's perfect. Nice. It's, it's peak snail weather. Uh, when everyone else is feeling really crappy because it's you know cold and rainy and grey all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm feeling pretty good for once. Good. It's really good to hear. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Just the same old, same old for me. I haven't been jet setting around the country on business this week, so a bit of a quiet <laughs> one. It's a very you sentence to say. Though. It is, isn't it? <laughs> jet setting around doing business. <laughs> That's just what I tell people that you're like as a person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's what I'm well known for, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I just staying at home, staying inside I mean, I, I enjoy the spooky season definitely, the spooky season is, is great great fun, but I definitely have a bit of a lull between spooky season ending and, and snowy season starting so I think this this period for me is just like I don't know, not the best time of year, but it'll do, it'll do we, we, you know, we, we can't really go anywhere I mean we shouldn't really go anywhere or do anything still and there's not a lot you can do when it's Dull and grey and cold and rain outside, so yeah. No, it's just the only time I feel comfortable. Shelter inside. Yeah, <laughs> no one else is around, yeah. No one else around, and I don't sweat constantly. Yeah, fair <laughs> this enough. <is> perfect. 
how has your, your week of Magic been? Have you play, played much Magic at all? Uh, I played a couple of Commander games. Oh, nice. Uh, Marin is still good. Turns up. Because people keep thinking that deck's broken, but it's not, because I've like, intentionally powered it down. It just reaches an eventual point where it yeah. can't lose anymore. <clears throat> so in the early game, it's pretty crap. It doesn't really do anything. It just sort of casts, say, a Wayfinder style effects. It doesn't do much, and then people allow me to untap like 20 mana <laughs> to do stuff um, or as the case was uh, this last week someone just cast a living end for me nice <laughs> okay <laughs> I guess I'll put these 20 creatures into play that seems fine yeah, I played a couple of games commander that was nice um, I've decided to buy a full set of plane chase cards yeah no that's exciting <laughs> Because I, I long for it to be 2012 again. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, we all? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, you know, we found a big box of, like, oversized cards. Because um, we found out that the oversized Edgar Markov card from the Commander 17 pre-con... Yeah. ...is worth, like... What well, worth? Has been listed for on Magic Card Market for, like, between 25 and 40 euros each. <laughs> For the oversized, unplayable, anywhere, impossible to store or transport or ship <laughs> version, um, and we had a stack of nineteen of them. <laughs> wow! So we're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we saw some. We might as well check them up on Card Market and see if anyone buys them, right? Because you know, they've, they've for some reason, I can understand Mega Markov spiking with you know Crimson Vow. Yeah, yeah. He's got a brand new card in the set, and it's all vampire related, and he's probably a good commander for your vampire deck because you can play all the the different colors of vampires. But yeah, the oversized one spiked, so <laughs> we just listed stuff, and then I found um, a whole bunch of the the plane chase cards. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I wonder how much, how many are here? To like, is there enough to complete the whole set? And then I realized I was missing about thirty euros worth. No, that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I I loved playing plane chase when I first got into Magic. When I first started playing Commander, it's like when I first started getting into Magic properly. Um, it was around 2014 and Plane Chase was still a thing that people had in their memories uh, and a couple of people had like the whole decks and we'd play them all the time just like every commander, to give, commander game would be a Plane Chase game Yeah, and it was really fun and I thought yeah it'd be nice to own this it's not particularly expensive to, to grab the whole thing um, t- turns out the only company that's continuing to make oversized sleeves is Ultimate Guard I think I'm the first person to purchase some <laughs> oversized sleeves probably since about 2012 I mean, not everybody buying those Eka Markov oversized commander cards. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buying a pack of 40 oversized sleeves. But yeah, so that's a, a thing I now have in my possession. Nice. Which is, which is cool. It's See, cool. N- don't buy NFTs, buy plain chase cards. Hey, I, I think, Some of them are expensive. Yeah, I, I think plain chase would be a really cool way for them to do something cool with Universes Beyond. Like, jump it between the multiverse yeah. of different, like, properties, I guess. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, and it's cool seeing like all the planes we haven't visited yet, or like the ones that have been changed. So there's like a uh, a plane chase card that's set on Arcos, Akros. Yeah. That later got changed into Theros. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cool original Kaldheim's one of them as well. Yeah, the Kaldheim one. Um, uh, yeah, it's just uh, I just love plane chase. Um, so I own a set now. So I will be bugging all of my friends to be playing plane chase commander. And either, because <laughs> when you play a plane chase game of Commander, it either lasts about four minutes because you get to the plane that deals 
people incremental damage until you play walk away. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it makes it last seven hours because everyone's creatures cost zero mana. Yeah. And then you untap all your lands. So <laughs> But yeah, I that's that's what I've those are my magic purchases. Um nice. I'm very smart. You should do exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I think I might like once this podcast and I might just spend the rest of the night tweeting out Mark Rosewater because we know we know there's going to be a Rick and Morty Magic the Iron crossover at some point and Plane Chase would be such a great way to do that you like you get like a like a portal portal gun dice and you jump between dimensions and stuff and worlds and that would be cool right yeah cool is a word I mean <laughs> like, it, it's it, it's that or it's like uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole on a lightning bolt right that is unfortunately the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> and I expect that to happen. Yeah. Fortnite. <laughs> no, Fortnite's the other one. Yeah, I was about to make the same joke. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good stuff. Let's let's talk about some good magic cards. It's the uh, main topic, I guess, this week. We're bringing back Hit a Myth because, p- believe it or not, I don't know why this year's gone. This year's flown by so quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. We have the full spoiler for Innistrad Crimson Bow. It is pre-release in like three days' time or something ridiculous at the point of recording. Yep, I'm pretty sure we're the only two people in the UK that know that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it is. Yeah, so we're going to go through the the classic game of Hit or Myth with a bunch of mythics that we, we have from Crimson Bow. I feel like they maybe up the mythic count this time. I was actually thinking it was fewer than normal. <laughs> Who knows anymore? Like, I think it just looks like loads because some cards have like four versions yeah yeah that could be it that could be it yes, well. so oh, I think they, I guess they max out with th- nope Sorin has four versions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my boy it looks like more yeah it's so difficult to even count because there are so many different versions and different names and different just completely yeah. different dark card designs but you know let's just go through them let's go through them uh, start at the top then. We have uh, Everbrook Caretaker. There's four green green for a creature, human werewolf. It's four four, has hexproof, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control. Has daybound. And then the nightbound side is Hollowhenge Huntmaster. It's a werewolf, it's a six six for hexproof, and other permanents you control have hexproof. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. Uh, this is the first time uh, reading this card for me, <laughs> because, I mean, following on from the no one knows it's pre-release next week conversation, <laughs> I didn't know we had the full set already, honestly, yeah. coming into this episode. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a it's a nice way to do other permanents you control have hexproof without making it miserable. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, sure, the, the, the card itself, the Averbrook um, Caretaker, or the Huntmaster... Uh, always has hexproof, but at least when it's daytime, the other creatures can be targeted, so there's not like constant hexproof. Where it's wrath or bust, like stuff with the uh, archetype of endurance, which is kind of a difficult yeah, card yeah. to play against. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels very mythic to me. It does a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, I think so. It, it seems it, very powerful. Yeah, it does. It does a load. It's got the the, the daybound nightbound mechanic, so it's, it's a big set mechanic in there. It's a cool werewolf. The art is incredible on both sides of the cards. Uh, yeah, I I think this is really cool. Even at like at worst, it's a six mana four four with hexproof that puts two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. Like that's that's fine. But then 
it also turns into or can be a six mana six six with hex proof that gives everything hex proof and puts two plus one plus one counters on everything you control. Like that's that's fantastic for six mana. That's really good. <laughs> yes, uh, this will win draft pools. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. This is going to be a ridiculous, fantastic bomb in limited. Uh, yeah, I imagine there's probably plenty of commander shenanigans you can do with this as well. And uh, I really like this card for cube as well. I think this would be a really good addition to cube. Yeah, I mean it's still not as good as prime time, but oh, certainly not. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, a few cards are really, aren't they? This is very true. Yeah, I mean, it's just every card is just commander card at this point, isn't it? Yeah, very so much so. With commander in mind, and I, if this sees standard play, I'll be surprised, and I imagine the design team will be too. Yeah, but I uh, think yeah, it's, it's an easy hit for me. Same, easy hit for me as well. I think that art as well on the the hollow henge on master side. This this big like white werewolf just glistening in the moon is really cool. I like that image a lot. Is this where you reveal that you've been a furry this whole time? Oh God, never, no. What's wrong with being a furry, Joe? I'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up, then, we have a Cemetery Desecrator. It's four black black for a creature, a zombie. It's a 4-4, four, four, has menace. And when Cemetery Desecrator enters the battlefield or dies, exile another card from a graveyard. When you do, choose one. Remove X counters from target permanent, where X is the mana value of the exile card. Or target creature and opponent controls gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the mana value of the exiled card. Well, this is the Nemesis from Resident Evil 3. Yeah, it does kind of look a bit like Nemesis. Is it? Is it 3? It is Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, yep. Yes, I know things. Uh, it looks so much like the Nemesis, I can't. <laughs> I can't <laughs> see it. Um, he's, this... he's, not, he's not wearing the same coat, though. He doesn't have the big rocket launcher. Yeah, but he's got the same face and <laughs> arms and form. Um, he hasn't got the same coat, therefore it's a different character. That's how it works. His, his coat's iconic. It is iconic, I agree. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of a miss for me. Yeah, I think I'm not gonna so. Lie. I think like interacting with the amount of counters on things has never been a mythic effect before. The most obvious, well, the most um, the, the the closest comparison I draw immediately is Hex Parasite. Yeah. Which like just removes counters and stuff, um, which is the rare. You've got stuff like uh, Heart Act, which removes counters, and sure, this this does it twice, but it also like it, I don't know, it, it cares about exiling something else, and like it just seems a few too many humps hoops to jump through to to feel mythic to me, and it's six mana for this. Yeah, definitely. That's it. I think the the effect you get for the the price you paid doesn't feel great. Like I guess, I guess it probably has to be like six mana because it has menace as well. So it's like a reasonable threat. But I don't think the effect that it does is is good enough. Yeah, I don't know. This like this this just doesn't seem like. Again, if we go back to that sort of limited pool thing, like I've opened this this in a draft, like this doesn't feel. Like this is going to destroy the the pod, does it? No, because I mean, it's so. I guess it it has the potential to destroy planeswalkers. Yeah, that's true. So like, it remove a a lethal number of of counters from a planeswalker, but planeswalkers are kind of bad, uh, and I don't think that's going to change with um, 
<laughs> the advent of Crimson Vow. Yeah, and you can you can destroy planeswalkers for less than six mana. Yeah, I guess you get a four four with menace. I kind of expected this to be yeah. a six six. Um, the six mana six six of menace seems kind of fine with a, a very mediocre effect. It kills things. It it can be a, a noxious gear Hulk, um, right? But like it doesn't. All, it's not always um, like a Necrotol on ETB. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes there might just not be anything in the graveyard. I guess if you're playing a zombie deck, then there's going to be something to eat. But then do you really want to eat your own things? Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a, a noxious gear Hulk that doesn't always hit. <laughs> it doesn't sound great, does it? Really, no, doesn't sound great. And I mean, Noxious Gearhulk doesn't really feel like a mythic to me outside of it being a Gearhulk. Yeah. You know? I mean, the only Gearhulk that feels mythic to me is Torrential. Yeah. Um, Cataclysmic Gearhulk's pretty cool, but. It's yeah, not but I mean, good that's, that's mythic for limited reasons, the same with Virgil's yeah. Gearhulk. Like, Virgil's Gearhulk is a good card, but it's, it's only mythic because, Jesus Christ, you don't want that running around. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's. I mean, maybe that's true here, but, like, I wouldn't be worried about this. It's just a six mana 4 4 with Menace that kills a thing. Like, we had Ravenous Chupacabra rare. Uh, uncommon, sorry. And that was fine. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's. All, like, Ravenous Chupacabra always kills something, whereas this. This isn't always going to kill something. Mm, I guess I this know. does it twice. Like, it has the, the Ashen Rider text, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I just, I just feel like this is a bit lackluster for a mythic. Like, this could have been a rare, and I wouldn't have been, like, yeah, I wouldn't astounded have, by I wouldn't that. Yeah, I second-guessed it. Yeah. Cool. That's no, a miss. Yeah. Miss for Nemesis. For Nemesis, yeah. Next up, then, we have, I guess, its counterpart in the Cemetery Gatekeeper. Uh, one and a red for a creature a vampire. It's a 2-1 with first strike. When Cemetery Gatekeeper enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. When a player plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type with the exile card, Cemetery Gatekeeper deals two damage to that player. I don't like this very situational exile a thing from a graveyard. Yeah. For it to matter, like, because it's kind of like imprint, I guess, because it has to care about the it cares about the exiled card, so it has to remember it like imprint. But I mean, this is like a, a harsh mentor sort of red hate bear variant. Yeah. I guess, um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of weak, I guess, for a, for a mythic. Yeah, it's very situational. I think so. I think it feels like you know there is always the bad red mythic, and I feel like this is this is definitely the bad red mythic here. Like to me, this yeah. this feels like. I don't know. I feel like this is this is worse than something like Diafleet Daredevil, and like that was a rare. So this this yeah. again just doesn't feel mythic to me at all. Deals two damage. You just you you punish it. I guess I guess it can be an anchor of Mishra. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess so. So you exile you exile a fable passage or whatever. Yeah. Or some other card that's ended up in the graveyard. Land card that's ended up in the graveyard. I mean, is fable passage standard legal? Uh. No, I think it rotated. Yeah, rotated out with the fairies and stuff, didn't it? Um, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like lands being lands being the exiled card is is the most exciting thing for this to do. Yeah, and that it's just a two mana anger of Mishra, but also a, a two one with first rate. And it, lands being in a graveyard in standard seems very very difficult. I guess it's a thing you can do in Pioneer, but people are only playing at most four table pastures. Uh, yeah, it just seems kind of kind of mopey to me. 
it yeah, seems, it, I agree. It seems less less interesting than a harsh mentor, and that was fine at rare. Yeah. So yeah, this feels like a myth to me as well. Yeah, I think maybe if this had like flash or something, we could make it a bit better. But yeah, this. I guess not in the great. context of the of the set, because like, so, so there is a like a cycle of asymmetry cards that all yeah, have yeah. exiling something from a graveyard. So there's a whole bunch of mythics that that only seem good if you exile something from a graveyard. So it's like very sort of pointed towards caring about things being in graveyards. Yeah. So yeah, that's same, true. In, maybe in the context of each other, they're all kind of mythic if you're going for that sort of design, but it seems very weird to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this one's a, a miss for me as well. Next up, then, we have a Cemetery Illuminator. There's one blue-blue for a creature, Spirit. It's 2-3. It has flying. And whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from a graveyard. You may look at the top card of your library any time, and once each turn you may cast a spell from the top of your library if it shares a card type with a card exiled by Cemetery Illuminator. See, like, yeah. this, this seems good. This seem, I mean, especially compare this to Cemetery Gatekeeper, this seems fantastic. Like yeah. This exile exiles a card on attack, and you can exile different card types, and that opens you up to casting different spells as the game goes on longer. Yeah, like, this kind of reads like a weird delirium. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Where you're, uh, you're consistently removing card types from a graveyard and those card types matter. So, I, I guess. But, like, the, the payoff is being able to cast the top card of your library. And is that huge? Because it's not even play. You can't even clear lands off the top of your library if you're yeah, no. It just seems like there's no, there's no sort of like the, the the common theme between these cemetery cards is exiling a card, but then they don't operate in the same way at all. Yeah. So like some of them only exile one or two cards, and then the exiling of a thing is sometimes imprinted, sometimes not. Sometimes it cares about loads of different types of things. Sometimes it cares about one type of thing. Sometimes it doesn't care about the type. It just felt like they. <clears throat> they came up with this. No, oh, what if we had cemetery cards that like exiled cards from graveyards and then just sort of on the fly made up random things to. Yeah, to maybe, sense. maybe cemetery gatekeeper would have been like too good if it was like uh, if you exiled a card on attack as well. Be a two oh, mana, too yeah, two mana, two one on first strike. That when it attacks, you exile something as well, and then if they play something. With a card type, the card type you've exiled that deals two damage to them as well. Like that, that certainly feels a lot more mythic than than the card we got. But I guess maybe there was no middle ground. Yeah, it's. I guess it, okay, we're not game designers. <laughs> yeah, no, um, game design is, is incredibly difficult. I imagine all of these cards did all of those different things at some point during play design. But then you have to, uh, you have to turn all the all the knobs and make sure everything works. As then, I don't know. But yeah, this 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 seems fine. This seems more of a mythic than the other two in the cycle, but yeah, it still feels kind of mopey to me. Yeah, uh, I'll agree effect. agree with you there. I think I want to give this this one a hit. Um, I think if, if only for the how you, the lines and lines of text that it has. You look at the top card of your library. You can cast a spell from the top card of your library. It exiles things on attack. It has flying. It's a spirit. It it ticks loads of boxes for me for being like a good playable card in places. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think I want to give this one a hit, but I think it only scrapes by just. Yeah, sure. I think I'm I'm fine with that assessment. Next up, then we have Cemetery Protector. It's two white white for a human soldier. It's a three four. It has flash, and when Cemetery Protector enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. 
Whenever you play a land or cast a spell, if it shares a card type with the exiled card, create a 1-1 white human creature token. This is slightly more interesting. Yeah, yeah, slightly more interesting. Again, I don't know, was this... Would this have been too good on attack? If it exiled a card on attack as well? Because then you just make a 1-1 for everything you do, eventually. Well, that means it has to stick yeah. around, right? Cause, yeah, cause yeah. It only cares about this this one copy of the creature it doesn't carry to subsequent copies of Cemetery Protector that you would cast. Yeah, with it being like a mythic as well, like for me the, the comparison that jumps out straight away is Monastery Mentor. Like Monastery Mentor makes one ones, this makes one ones, and this seems significantly worse than Monastery Mentor. And like that card was fine being being a mythic. I think if, yeah. if this if this could exile on a, on attack then eventually yeah you protect this it stays around long enough it does sort of turn into a monster mentor type card but even then still not as good as mentor i think yeah i don't really i don't really mind it being like this sort of thing that rolls up and eventually is an immovable object because yeah, it's still yeah. just a three four yeah and then the one ones are just one ones it's not like you get like you get mentor tokens that con- continue to have prowess even when the mentor's gone yeah, yeah. That, that continue to be their own threats it's just just there for the bunch of one ones which can be cleaned up quite easily, or in terms of like the Aaron's Epiphany decks don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, it just feels a bit a bit sort of maybe I don't really understand why it has flash. I guess they need to add a keyword to it and to make it flash. Mythic, yeah. It probably could have had vigilance. <laughs> I don't know, they just yeah. seems like they slapped flash on it. Um Yeah, it just it's, it feels fine. I just don't I don't feel this this cycle doesn't in the same way that the, the adversary cycle from Midnight Hunt didn't feel particularly mythic. This doesn't feel particularly mythic. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather that's just true. they they sort of cherry picked the two from this cycle that were sort of the most exciting and the most potentially standard playable. Because I don't think these like are really good commander plans or anything like that either. No. I kind of wish they kept like the 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 two that were or maybe one that was really good from the cycle and scrapped the rest. Yeah, you try to make it a cycle, and if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out because yeah. these cards. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and these just see massive amounts of play, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think I would be surprised as well, definitely. So I, I, I think for this one, I want to give this one a miss as well. Like the four mana three four with flash is is what this is going to be a lot of the time, and that I just mean, just does not feel mythic to me. I always think, I mean, I know it's it's a while ago now, but you compare this to like the Titan Cycle, yeah, <laughs> from M eleven, like these yeah, just pale yeah. in comparison to a yeah. kind of mythic well, coloured uh, cycle that represent those colours, you know. Yeah, and that's it. Like for me, like I don't know, I think because of the the effect that this card does, I think from for me the, the comparison that's really sticking it is is Monastery Mentor, and like there's not a world I would want to play this over Monastery Mentor ever. There's not a world where I think this. Holds a candle and one is mentor. Like you're gonna be, you, I feel like this is gonna be played played in a deck where you want to exile a creature card from your opponent's graveyard and then you play creatures. So every time you play you play a weenie, you get another one. Whereas like you know, mentor just makes so many tokens whenever it's on a battlefield. It's so good. Yeah, I think cards like Mentor are just accidentally powerful whenever you're playing yeah. the game, and that's why they're good. Same with um, even Pyromancer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just they're not accidentally good because obviously you're you're building your deck around them, but you were doing all those things. You'd want to do all those things anyway to make your deck function. Whereas this just feels like you have to jump through that extra hoop that just makes it slightly worse. 
I don't know, I really, I really just don't like this cycle that much. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I want to give this this one a miss as well. Yeah, if, if I think it was a red, closer, I think it would be fine. Yeah, closer than Gatekeeper, I think, but definitely a miss. Next up then we have a Cemetery Prowler, it's one green green for a wolf, it's a 3-4, has Vigilance, and whenever Cemetery Prowler enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from a graveyard. Spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card type the share of cards exiled of Cemetery Prowler. Now we're talking. Yeah, this one seems good. Like, <laughs> I don't know, 3 mana 3-4 three three, Vigilance, yeah that's decent, that's decent, and then like, yeah, a reasonable effect on there as well. I mean, I like this card when I first, first saw it. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's a green thing. <laughs> it's a green card that, you know, makes things cost less, which is always going to be compelling to me specifically. Yeah. Um, but I have sort of taught myself out of this whole cycle, just in our conversation, you know, like talking about, like, I, I just don't like them all that much. But, yeah, this is certainly interesting. I mean, a three-mana, three-four with Vigilance that, you know, nukes something from a graveyard is fine. Yeah, and then like making things cost less is probably the best payoff for any of these. Yeah, like, it's, it's going to be creatures, right? You're playing a green deck. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be you're going to aim for a creature. You're probably not casting a lot of instant sorceries. <laughs> Planeswalker seems irrelevant. Artifacts make your Eticus Chariot cost less. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be creatures and. That could be huge in the right deck. If your deck's just 40 creatures and 20 lands, it's probably going to be a big game. Um, and it's a 3-4 with Vigilance. Yeah. Which continually exiles graveyards as well. Like I think that's that's really interesting as well. Like um, Death Gorge Scavenger from Ixlam. Yeah. Which would perpetually exile things from a graveyard. And that made it kind of playable for most of its lifetime in standard. This does a similar thing. Like This is just a, a constant... Like a like an endurance style thing, we but you just get to continually eat the graveyard. I think that's it. That's that's very interesting. Like yeah. a scavenging use type effect, and it's a three four with vigilance, which is going to dominate a lot of battlefields. It's I, yeah, uh, it's a reasonable body. I, I I do I do think this is good. I think this is probably the best of of the cycle, to be honest. I mean, I'm gonna try it in Maverick. <laughs> let's be honest, <laughs> it's gonna happen because because you know you have because yeah you know, I've I've been playing endurance and endurance is sort of. A staple in some numbers throughout the 75 in the deck now and in a lot of decks and this exiles one thing when it comes in so like if you're playing something like legacy you can exile an uro or something that's actually a threat from the graveyard um i mean shrinking stuff for like dragon's race channel yeah is, is, is certainly certainly a consideration and it continually does it so eventually you can just eat the whole graveyard um and then you can make creatures cost less, or you could make your green sun zenith cost one less and go and get bigger things. It's it's interesting. I I like it. I like it the most out of all of these, and it feels the most mythic because it makes things cost less. It's like all the, it's it's extremely efficiently costly creature. Um, it makes things cheaper, and it's a continual piece of graveyard removal. All of those yeah. things combined feels feels like a mythic design. Like, like I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I wish they kind of kept like maybe the blue one and the green one from the cycle. Yeah. And come up with something completely different that doesn't care about exiling graveyards. Yeah, like, definitely. Red, black, and white. But yeah, this is the world we live in. These are the cards. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think out of all of them, like the the one that I'm going to be like, oh wow, when it hits the battlefield, is probably Cemetery Prowler. I think. It feels it feels a similar ilk to Questing Boost, right? 
Yeah, yeah, like like it not quite, but yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be as powerful, sure, but like it, it feels like it does a lot of different things, and all of those things are relevant. Yeah, yeah. Being a brawler, eating the graveyard, and making things cost less, like that's um, you're going to forget about one of those things occasionally, and that's that's the sort of sign of a mythic these days under fire design. Because <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, it does that, <laughs> and then you lose the game because of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one the most. I think this is the this is the most mythic feeling. Of yeah, cycle. it's cool. I I think I think I'll give this one a hit as well. I think because I gave the blue one a hit just. I think this one scrapes in just a little bit ahead of the blue one. Again, I I don't think it would have been too too unreasonable to have this whole cycle at rare, but yeah, I, I think this is the the best one of them. Yeah, for sure. So we want to some actual mythics now. Then uh, first up, we have Chandra dressed to kill. That is one red red for a legendary planeswalker Chandra. She enters a battlefield with three loyalty, has a plus one, add red, Chandra dressed to kill, deals one damage to up to one target player or planeswalker. Plus one, exile the top card of your library. If it's red, you may cast it this turn. And minus seven, exile the top five cards of your library, you may cast red spells from among them this turn. You get an emblem with whenever you cast a red spell, this emblem deals X damage to any target where X is the amount of mana spent to cast this spell. It's a planeswalker that doesn't exist in War of the Spark or M20, it's therefore it's easy yeah, to hit. It's, it is, yeah. It, it it's a very very red Chandra. Uh, it's the most Chandra Chandra that ever Chandra, apart from Torture Defiance. Uh, mm-hmm. Easy hit. Uh, that art alone on the extended full art is incredible. I think it. I think it just gets a yeah. hit for that alone. Yeah, it's the the Kaladesh dress. Yeah, it just looks so cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If this is um, it's interesting. Like I, like I said last week, maybe when we talked about this. Um, Three mana planeswalkers should never be underestimated. Yeah. Even even Kaya from Ravnica Allegiance, he's play in Modern and Legacy in small numbers. Yeah, she's a great. Three mana is just a sweet spot. Even if it doesn't do much, it's yeah, having this on the board when your opponent has two lands and nothing else is extremely big game. Even if it doesn't do much, uh, especially when the the plus one does at least something. Even if you can't use the mana, which would be absurd, um, it still does a damage, and you can still. Um, Sure, you're not you're not plus one it for the exile top of your library. Um, the turn it comes in, but it still does something relevant and yeah. can immediately can immediately impact the board. Assuming your deck is constructed in that kind of way, uh, it can cast a Godspan Dragon ahead of time, which is one of the biggest things for me. I think you cast this on turn three, and you can Godspan on turn four. With um, yeah, with it seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. The three mana planeswalkers are always powerful, um, and I think this is probably the knobs have probably been turned on this. Probably correctly. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think my opinion has really shifted on it like at all. Really, like I wasn't a fan of this card. Um, I think it, I do very much think it, it it hits all the boxes for, for being a mythic, hundred percent. But I don't think this card is is very good. Really, um, I think it's. Certainly not as good as Chandra Torture Defiance. And the fact that it, in standard, yeah, this comes down on turn three. There's a reasonable chance it sticks around to the next turn. You can cast a Goldspan Dragon a turn earlier, and and that is going to be a big game definitely. Like I do think that is fantastic, but outside of that, I don't really know if there's much application for it in standard. But it's a cool card at least. I don't think it's a very good one, but it is a cool one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it in places that aren't. Standard as well. Cool. Really, for a bit to try it. Yeah. No, I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Definitely, because it is. Like I say it's a cool card. I just don't think it's a good one. 
Next up then we have Cultivator Colossus. It's four green 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 for a plant beast. Uh, it is a star star power and toughness. Has trample and cultivator colossus power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. When cultivator colossus enters the battlefield, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. The fuck is this? <laughs> what, what is this? Yeah. Do we need bizarre. more lands matter cards? Do we need more big stupid green mythics for your lands matter commander deck? Yeah, this is this oh, is exactly what that is, right? Though I guess the people that ban goddess have absolutely nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, but what? Why? Why? Why do we have this? Why does this need to exist? So a seven mana big big with trample, that also has upside that can, with like abundance, I imagine that card's already spiked the moon. Yeah. Uh, draw, oh yeah. Draw all the lands out of your deck, and then <laughs> still draw a card. So it's a thirty-six, thirty-six, or however many lands people are playing commander decks these days. Yeah. Um, why? Why do we need this? Dies to Armageddon. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> That's what I want to do at once. I'm going to play. Yeah. I'm going to play a deck with Armageddon in it, and people are going to be really mad. But one time, I'm going to kill a Cultivator Colossus, and it's going to feel great. <laughs> um, yeah, these things. I mean, we we don't see many star stars uh, with lands. Yeah, we, no, we, we don't. But you know, we have uh, Multani from Dominaria. That was a mythic, which had which was a six mana six mana big big with reach, I believe. Yeah. Um, that had like a card advantage thing on it. Yeah, Multani is <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great card. Um, this is a seven mana big big with trample, and arguably better <laughs> card card <laughs> advantage. Though I guess you know it's it's ETB. Uh, it feels weird to have a seven mana. It's going to be the biggest thing on the on the battlefield. Yeah, be your like ETB thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that does this. Um, it's very, very strange. I'm surprised it doesn't do it on attack as well, and I don't think it would be any more obnoxious if it did, because it's already stupid enough. Yeah. It just feels like a weird, like, the card you want to blink is your seven mana thing that's a 2020 that you want to attack with. It just seems kind of strange to me. Yeah. From a, from a design point of view. Um, but it's, it's good. <laughs> and I don't think we needed it. Yeah, this this feels like a hit for me, like, 100%. It's yeah, definitely. just it's It's always going to be massive. Uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be popping up on commander tables all around the world. This is like the most. It feels just like the most big stompy green casual card I've ever seen, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got that wow just, factor for me. I just don't know why it's the ETB effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna like. Are you blinking this? Are, are you? Do you want to blink? I guess it's like the world's biggest blocker that you get to <laughs> blink when it blocks or whatever. I don't know. Um, I guess it would be too good if it was on attack, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. yeah your, we don't want to. Here's your here's your reshape the earth tech. Put this in your big green deck that gets loads of lands out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an easy hit. It's just strange. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Maybe, maybe this could have been on Zendikar. You know, yeah, the lands matter from the Zendikar yeah. folder. But you had to have um, a Shire. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Definitely, definitely a strange one, but a cool one nonetheless. Yep. Let's move on to the next one. We have Faithbound Judge. That is one white white for a spirit soldier. It has Defender, Flying, Vigilant. It's a 4 4. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if Faithbound Judge has two or fewer judgment counters on it, put a judgment counter on it. As long as Faithbound Judge has three or more judgment counters on it, it can attack as though it didn't have Defender. And it has Disturb for seven mana. 
it becomes Sinner's Judgment, which is a curse. Enchant player at the beginning of your upkeep, put a judgment counter on Sinner's Judgment. Then if there are three or more judgment counters on it, enchanted player loses the game. If Sinner's Judgment were put into graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Why? I know, like, paragraphs of text and oh, there's too much text on this card to read. It's kind of a meme at this point, but what? Yeah. <laughs> what is what is this? Yeah. So it's a three mana four four flying vigilance, but it can only attack after it's been in play for three turns. Yeah. So that's kind of like Sarah Avenger. Yeah, yeah. You can't cast it on the first three turns. But this is, I guess, turn six when it can start attacking, which is a bit late for a four four flying vigilance, I guess. It's the fact, yeah, you can't like it's not like a a daybound nightbound thing where if you cast it when it's nightbound, then it's really good. Yeah. Um, this is has to be in it has to for die. three turns, yeah, uh, which is a big deal. <laughs> like it has to, it has to actually sit and wait, which kind of sucks. Um, it's a white card though, so I guess that makes sense. And then it turns into an alternate win condition. <laughs> yeah, which seems like a very good alternate win condition, to be honest. Like, yeah, but yeah it costs seven player, mana, but but it's the enchanted player loses the game. Yeah. And then you can't redo this, like you can't move this from player to player. So they have, you kill one person, that's it, right? Yeah. So, and the back doesn't really seem to make sense with the front. <laughs> Honestly, apart from the, they're both judgment counters. Like, yeah. I guess. This is a very strange one. It is yeah. truly bizarre. I I think this is an easy hit for me though. Like. Oh yeah, it does a lot of yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> flavor wise, it's really cool. It does a lot, and it has. You know, alternate win condition on it, doesn't it? I, th I think, yeah. I think this is really cool. A really cool card design. Yeah. I think the Vigilance and Defender is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that this is, is uh, it's, it's a cool one. I, I think I think it's probably a hit, but I just don't really understand it. Which is most of these cards. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe I'm just losing touch with, <laughs> with Magic and its card design. I mean, I, I think that's a good sign for for a Mythic, I think, really. If it, if it does a load of things and you don't quite understand it, then it's probably going to be a hit. Uh, yeah, no, no, I think that's true. Cool. Next up, then, we have Hallowed Haunting. That is two white-white for an enchantment. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, creatures you control have Flying and Vigilance. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness each equal to the number of spirits you control. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got your, uh, your big enchantment payoff, your enchantress thing. Yeah. Maybe we're trying to push for an enchantress archetype in Pioneer, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, that uh, would be cool. Yeah, this, this takes after, you know, Starfield of Nyx. Um, Whatever the the sigil, whatever it is, the five mana one, and if you cast an enchantment, make a four four angel. That was oh a, yeah, a Lara block, and then yeah. which reprinted in Origins. Sigil of the Empty Throne. That's the one. It's, yeah, that's this, this. That's the analog here. You make a make a bunch of enchantments when you cast an enchantment. Make some spirits that get bigger based on how many spirits you have. Um, yeah, it's you know, your enchantress EDH deck wants this. There's a potential, I guess, for like modern enchantress to want this though. Yeah, potentially. You cast this and then cast an enchantment and you make a one-one, and then you're playing modern. So unless you, I guess, you have like solitary confinement in that format. Yeah. So you're uh, you, you you're probably extending the game to a point where you can afford to make all those things. 
Yeah, maybe Historic could want this as well. There's a decent Enchantress deck in Historic, like that could be a thing. I think this could be good in Pioneer though, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, think this is a cool have, card. You already have Starfield Mix, which is an Opalescence. Yeah. Right, which just immediately kills them because it turns out <laughs> it's been in play for three turns into a natural creature. But it's cool, like I would like this to be a play. I love I love cards like this. And I really love that it's four mana. I think yeah. it could have been five mana, it would have been a more of a whiff. And I think four mana is like a cool a spot, spot for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I mean also I guess you could play it in a spirits deck because the spirit tokens get bigger into the number of spirits you control, so this could be your top end. Yeah, that's true, but it would require you to have enchantments in that deck as well. Well if you're playing it in Pioneer you can cast a yeah, rest in peace or whatever. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I don't think that's good, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> you could. You could try it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's a cool card. I think it's a hit for me. I, I, I have a real soft spot for Enchantress, and looking at this card for more than two minutes has made me really want to build Enchantress in Modern Empire now. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, I think I want to give this a hit as well, just because, yeah, I, I can't see this as being one of those effects that does sort of snowball, like especially in Commander, if you do build a, a big old enchantment deck, then yeah, that could be cool. It could be cool, definitely. I say it, it doesn't quite feel as exciting as something like Faithbound Judge to me, but I think it, it squeaks over that line just. I'll give this a hit. Yeah, I, Next th up. I, I think so. I agree. Cool. Next up then we have Henrika Domnathi. That is two black black for a legendary creature vampire. It's a 1-3. and has flying, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Each player sacrifices a creature. You draw a card and you lose one life, or transform Henrika Domnathi. On the uh, other side, she is Enrique Infernal Seer. Uh, she's a 3-4 with flying, death touch, and lifelink, and you pay one black black. Each creature you control with flying, death touch, and or lifelink gets plus one, plus zero until the end turn. I still don't think I know what this card does. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, it feels mythic to me because it evokes uh, Demonic Pact, right? Yeah, very much so. But the... The, the options that you have are nowhere near as backbreaking as <laughs> Demonic Pact. Yeah. Because there's the whole Demonic Pact um, harmless offering deck, right? Yeah, yeah. And when it gets to the lose the game trigger, you uh, give it to your opponent. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, the backside's kind of mediocre. Yeah, so it's a 3-4 th with flying death touch and lifelink. That so you can make a 4-4 four, four for 3 mana. Yeah, so you can... Yeah, you can immediately flip it, right, if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You cast this, and then when it comes to combat, you can just turn it into the 3-4 with Flying Death Touch and Lifelink. Yeah. And a 4-mana Flying Death Touch and Lifelink with a huge cost for a pump. Yeah, sure, it gets Flying It does pump each, and, each and creature. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 3-mana three, three to give everything, like, plus 1 and Lifelink yeah. is probably insane, right? <laughs> now that I think about it. Maybe that's the reason it's mythic, because giving everything lifelink is ridiculous. Oh, it, it doesn't give everything lifelink, so each creature you control with flying, death touch, and or lifelink gets oh. plus one, plus zero. Oh, yeah, then I, then so I it's, don't it's like just, yeah, it's one black black for fire breathing if your creature has flying, death touch, or lifelink. Okay, so you have to build around it, I guess. Yeah. But then, if you're playing a yeah, yeah. vampire deck, I imagine some of them have flying, but not all of them do. Like, that's all it, it's your legendary creature play. as well, so it's, it's your commander for your, your vampire nighthawk tribal deck, right? Yeah, I don't know, it's kind of... I don't like this, really. Each player sacrifices a creature, you draw a card and lose a life. I don't know, it just... It, so it... It edicts once, which is an uncommon effect, especially at 4 mana. Yeah. And then it draws a card, 
which is a common effect, <laughs> and then it turns into like a a drana type card, really. Yeah. And uh, to me, it doesn't. I don't know. I've also just realised this is legendary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am a professional podcaster. Uh, yeah, it feels kind of, feels kind of mopey to me. Yeah. I, and I why think... would you build this as your commander? I don't know if you want to build a flying Death Ditch Lifelink tribal deck. Yeah, like I guess if you, you want to do a you know, mono black vampire commander deck, then yeah, sure, this is a, a decent option. But I, I think you know if you want to build a, a vampire deck, there are plenty of better options out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I'm gonna give this one. Mm, very difficult on this one. I think my my gut tells me to give it a hit, but only just. But I think just because it does it does so much, it has that that cool, you know, like pack style effect, and then it transforms. I think it just because it does a lot and it has that sort of wow factor for me, that mythic wow factor, which I still yet to nail down what exactly that is, makes me want to just put it in the hit camp. Just sorry, right, it's only been over a year. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think the card. I don't think the card itself is is particularly powerful, Other but it is heart, cool. My heart says myth. My head says myth. <laughs> that's it. I think I think, I think say that the the Dracula art is incredible. So that. yeah, that's it. Maybe maybe that's what can pick it over the line for me. The, the three weird sisters is the uh, the Dracula ultimate art that we get for this, and both sides of that card are just amazing. Mate, the little puppy that turns into a vampire. I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah, this is like Neil Sam, piddling little white artist. fluffy dog that turns into a <laughs> scary winged little white fluffy dog. It's it's just very funny to me. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna that, say that hit. I'm gonna say I still, hit. I still don't like it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Next up then we have Jacob Hauken, Inspector, one and a blue for legendary creature, human advisor. Uh, zero two, and you can tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand face down. You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may pay four blue blue if you do transform Jacob. And it turns into Hawken's Insight. It's a legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. Once during each of your turns, you may play a land or cast a spell from among the cards exiled with this permanent without paying its mana cost. Yeah, that's pretty mythic, I guess. This is a weird card, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's like a Jace Fringe Prodigy yeah. kind of thing, but it turns into an enchantment, which is the gimmick of this set. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I really don't like the, the similarity between Jacob Hawken and Jonathan Harker. Because with the, yeah. the Dracula cards, like they have a creature like they have a, a creature that already exists on Innistrad and then have turned it into the, the Dracula counterpart yeah yeah. so like the, the Thalia one has nothing to do with the Dracula character really Sorin I guess makes sense as Dracula but Sorin was already his own character for a long time probably taking yeah. pointers from Dracula and other popular um, vampires in pop culture but this one is just you've just you've just tried to create the character Jonathan Harker as a card, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean it's very it's very shadows over in Australia. I think so. Yeah, I, I do like mm. the card. I think the card's fantastic. Like this is very much a me card. It does weird things. It exiles cards. 
yeah. transforms into enchantment. Yeah, I'm all about this card, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the back is literally a magnifying glass, which is yeah. pretty cool, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a magnifying glass, and it's showing, like, spirits and, I don't know, potentially the blind eternities as well. Like, definitely, definitely big shadows of Innistrad vibes from this card. Kind of love that. Yeah, I think it feels mythic. It just does, does something kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I, I also just kind of love Merfolk Looter variants. Yeah, same. Um, They're always good. Yeah. I just don't, I guess it does have to cost six mana to be good. Right? Because otherwise it's just a Merfolk Looter, which is a, an uncommon effect. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to pay the six mana to turn it into something which is. Yeah, powerful. this is true. But then, yeah, it is. I think it's very powerful. It lets it cast spells for free. We know that's the most, the most powerful thing you can do in Magic. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that it's it's kind of, kind of odd. It's a, it's a two mana, tap draw a card, but you do have to exile a card. Yeah. And then it turns into a six mana future sight. Yeah. So you effect. you, pay six and transform it, and then cast an Elrond El- Epiphany. And then, yeah, probably cast another one or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe because yeah, like the two mana O two card selection thing is probably pretty good. Yeah, I think and so. Then, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, I'm open to anything at this point. Yeah, and it's it's not like you're filtering cards and putting them in the graveyard and you'll never, never get to use them again. Like, there's a good chance you're going to get to cast them later once you get the mana to pump into this. Yeah, it's I true. It's I think good. it's a cool design, if nothing yeah. else. And I think like this is a sort of quite a novel design, even for the the things turn into enchantment set. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a hit for me, probably. Easy hit for me. I love it. Speaking of easy hits, next up we have Kaya, Geist Hunter. One white black for a legendary planeswalker, Kaya. She enters the battlefield with three loyalty. Has a plus one. Creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Put a plus one, plus one counter and up to one target creature token you control. Minus two. Till end of turn, if one or more tokens will be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. And minus six, exile all cards from all graveyards and create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying for each card exiled this way. Yeah. This card's great. I, I love Kaya. Uh, yeah, no, Kaya's amazing. I'm just so sad they did her so wrong. Yeah? I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a situation with like the last three mana Kaya that I was talking about earlier where it's like actually kind of playable and kind of very Yeah, good, that very three mana Kaya was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It was very good in, in certain circumstances and certain formats. But yeah, like this, the plus one just kind of does nothing. Um, yeah, the... creatures you control gain death touch to land a turn, put a plus one, plus one counter, and up to one target creature token. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because we're playing Esper Epiphany, right? <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the minus to do an anointed procession is kind of odd. It's, it seems incredibly bizarre, yeah. It's not really a thing Kaya's done before. She made tokens before. Uh, does Kaya's Kyle make token? Yeah, it makes spirit token, but yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's part of Kaya's wheelhouse now. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, also, this is the this is the parallel lives. We didn't actually get parallel lives, which I thought yeah. was an obvious slam dunk considering we're on a strat, But it's Kaya's minus two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess this is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I just I, love Kaya, so I want to give her a hit. Anyway, it's, it's a Planeswalker, so I'm going to give it a hit every time. Yeah, I think it's an easy hit. I think but the card's good. The minus one isn't very good, but I think the minus two and the minus six are, are fantastic. Yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for like an extremely playable Kaya. 
And I'm sure previous Kai's have been playable, like yeah. the original from Conspiracy 2. It shows up in, you know, Nickfit Cyborgs and whatever, maybe Nickfit Mendex. Um, Kaya Ozov, the Usurper, sees play in. Um, she sees some play in, in Historic Cut of Index, are definitely still a thing. She's very yeah, good against those. It's being played uh, in, in Legacy and Modern in, in some numbers, somewhere, in some places. I just want yeah. like, a, like a staple. I want Kaya to be like a main character, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I, think, I think she is at this point. Yeah, but I want it to be like the the like. If you the want the Kaya, Kaya the mind sculptor. That's what you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. Like I want like a you know with Liliana the Veil, you know. Yeah, we've got uh, Torture Defiance. We've got Liliana the Veil. We, we Jason the mind sculptor. We need a Kaya the whatever. <laughs> yeah, I want like a I I want I want Kaya to be the best thing you can do in a format. Yeah, because she deserves it because she's the coolest character. No, be cool. She is super cool. She's got a crossbow. <laughs> a crossbow yeah. is the most badass weapon, but everyone knows that. Yeah, easy hit for Kaya for me. <laughs> yeah. Next up, uh, we have it's another big red mythic. It's Maniform mm. Hellkite. It's two red red for a creature. It's a dragon. It's a four four. It's flying, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX red dragon illusion creature token with flying and haste, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. Yep. <laughs> we talked about yeah. this last week, right? Yeah. This is the most most dragony dragon that ever dragoned. Like this card is. Seems very good. Like, is it dragons? Is already a deck. Um, this is great. I guess you play this this in your deck with. I mean, maybe it's just mono red dragons at this point. You play it in your deck with Chandra Dress to kill. So if you haven't drawn your, your Goldspan Dragon, you can draw this one. You can play this one at least. Yeah, this card's great. I think this feels like a very easy hit for me. I love everything about it. Yeah, they're really good at doing big red mythic dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they always feel like big red mythic dragons, uh, regardless of what they do. And I, I like I like the actually kind of medium sized mythic dragons. Yeah. That they're doing rather it's not always like Udvara Hellkite or Hellkite Tyrant or Balefar Dragon. Which I guess isn't a mythic, but it's um this kind of four mana, five mana type thing, Thunder Thunderbreak Regent, Glorybringer which also wasn't a mythic. Yeah. God, how wasn't that a mythic? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, the Gods Pound Dragon, that, that sort of that level of dragon rather than seven or eight mana. I like the sort of mid-range playable version. I mean, this is very uh, kind of reminiscent of, of Monastery Mentor, so... <laughs> yeah. does a similar thing. That's true, that is true. <laughs> they only get to attack that turn, but it's pretty good. I, I, I like this card a lot. I, like, uh, I think it's an easy hit. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in the, the current standard environment that we see as well, this is probably going to see a hell of a lot of play. Big fan of this. Next up then, we have Necro Duality. It's a three and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token zombie enters the battlefield under your control, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Here's your zombie doubling season. Yeah. Or whatever. I guess. <laughs> uh, this seems fine. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why this is a mythic. This doesn't feel like a mythic to me at all. Because it's going to be the thing that drives the value of the set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's the reason why it's a mythic. Because everyone's going to want to open it. You know. It's, in it's in your, terms uh, of. It's a rooftop storm, and if rooftop storm was printed today, that would be a mythic. Yeah, that's true. This if they true. were to print that for the first time in a standard set, it would be a mythic. This is just to drive um, people to buy it. You, you do the the zombie EDH deck, which is incredible value in the last set, and then the next set you put this stupid. It's not. I mean, it's not technically a doubling season. It makes a token of it, which is, which is could be inherently way more powerful. Yeah. Make a token copy of it. Grave Titans was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Yeah, this is the 
this is the, the stupid card that you go in your Azomedia H deck from the set. Yeah. How do you feel about it being blue? Like, could this not um, have been black? Should this not have been black? Uh, I don't know. Blue, it feels kind of blue to me. I can't really I feel like, like, like Because it makes yeah, copies. It makes it's, copies. It's, yeah, it makes... It makes it, it clones things. So, like, yeah. yeah. It, it, the effect seems blue, but I think for me, with it being zombies, then... I feel like it should have been a black thing, but... No, I mean, like, Rift Storm's blue. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And... Yeah, I mean, I, so I Innistrad is the home. Innistrad is the home of blue zombies, right? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, this, well, uh, Alara, I guess. Yeah, has a lot of blue black zombies. Uh, yeah, this is like this. I don't know. It's five years ago. This wouldn't have felt mythic. Now it makes complete sense at mythic, in the same way that um, Anointed Procession is mythic. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't do anything. It's almost certainly unplayable and standard. You, you wouldn't ever draft this. It's just your your commander plant that makes people buy booster packs. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's totally fine. It's a cool card, and everyone's going to play it in every zombie deck from here from now until the end of the world. So give it ten years, probably. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a miss. I feel like this effect could have easily been been rare. Um, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's pr- it's probably going to be a very good one to, to draft in the the double feature. Yeah, maybe drafting zombie decks. Oh, God, you good. love four mana do nothing, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's your bread and butter. Is just four mana yeah. doesn't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, and then it interacts with another thing, and it just wants to win the game. Please. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I uh, I understand why it's mythic, so it's an easy hit. But I do not. I understand why you don't think it's a hit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I understand it's mythic. I don't agree. I don't. I just don't agree with it being mythic. Could have been a rare, easy miss for me. Yep. Next up is Olivia, Crimson Bride, four black red for a vampire noble. She's a three four. Has flying and haste. Whenever Olivia Crimson Bride attacks, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped and attacking. It gains when you don't control a legendary vampire. Exile this creature. This card's cool as hell. Yeah, this is a very good card. I love this card. Olivia's a cool character. Yep. Olivia is, is obviously one of the, the main characters of the set. She's the bride. Uh, weird that Edgar's a rare. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is very cool. I um, It's it's like a, a Kalia variant, but from your graveyard. Yeah. And you you don't have to... It doesn't As long as you... Assuming you, you um, protect Olivia, and Olivia doesn't leave play, then... You just get to keep reanimating your graveyard, and they immediately smack someone in the head. Um, yeah, seems very good. So if you get ETB triggers, it's very reminiscent of uh, Ilhag. Yeah. It's uh, very reminiscent of Kalia. It's just a commander card, but like it's very very cool. And I yeah, definitely. I think I think cool. this is going to be a really cool illusion for Cube as well. Like this, yeah. I think this is a pretty good reanimator card for Cube. I mean, it's huge. Getting bring, bring back like, got... a, like a Grave Titan or something would be sick. Uh, yeah, because ETBs <laughs> brings two zombies away. Yeah, and attacks and makes two zombies. Like, yeah. Well, it wouldn't make the two zombies. Oh, yeah, and there's a Battlefield Taps and Attacking. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a huge swing. Six, six mana, but you get a 3 4 flyer, and she immediately attacks and brings something back the turn you play it. You don't have to wait yeah. around. So it just brings me huge at your graveyard. Bring back a Grizzlebrand. Let's go. Yep. You cast, yeah, you cast Reanimate on Olivia, and then she attacks and brings back a Grizzlebrand, and then you just go from there. 
Yeah, that seems sick. You lose. Yeah, it's 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 a great card, and I look forward to seeing people play this as a commander. This is like an actually interesting commander commander deck. Yeah, it's like a Cardia that you have to kind of work for and actually mill yourself for. In red and black, which aren't the like red, isn't the best at filling its graveyard. Yeah. Black is is quite good, but then you could play with like with madness and discard loads of cards. And... I like I like this card a lot. Yeah, same. I, I'm I'm it's always fantastic. against designing specifically for commander, but I think this is a, a a sweet one that I'm excited to see people build around. Yeah, it feels like an easy hit for me. This, this card's fantastic. Big fan. I mean, to be fair, like the uh, the Dracula art, the Sisters of the Undead, is making me want to build this as a commander because that art's yeah. cool as well. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Next up, then, we have a Saviour of Olenbok. That is one white wife for a human soldier. It's a 1 2, has training, which is whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on this creature. And when Saviour of Olenbok attacks, uh, when, when Saviour of Olenbok trains, exile up to one other target creature from the battlefield or creature card from a graveyard. When Saviour of Olenbok leaves the battlefield, put the exile cards on the battlefield under their owner's control. Feels kind of like a mess. It's it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Uh, I I want to say I want to give it a hit just because I think it's another weird card. I really like the idea that it's it doesn't care about which graveyard, so you can do reanimation things of yourself. So you can exile that creature card from your graveyard, then blink this, and it puts that creature onto the battlefield. Like that seems pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like an angel of serenity type of yeah. effect. Uh, which is seven mana, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm surprised this doesn't have something like double strike. It feels like the kind of card that should have double strike. Yeah, like a, I don't know. It's like a fiend slayer paladin, whatever the soul bond thing is from Avacyn, the white one. It feels like that kind of thing. I'm surprised it doesn't have double strike. I think I don't think it'd be too good if it was double strike because training's pretty hard to meet. Like, yeah, it's true. this on three mana. I mean, it's eight short. You probably cast a two power creature on turn two, so you can train with it, but you only get to train that once. It doesn't continually train. It's only when it trains, it's not on attack. Like the. Um, oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Like the green cemetery card, yeah. Cemetery Prowler. This is just when it trains, and it's going it to be pretty hard to consistently proc trains. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair enough. Consistently proc trains. Consistently proc training. Uh, with I, guess, I guess, could you. you, you Play it in some sort of death and taxes style deck. Like you've got Thalia, and you've got Flickerus to, to blink it. If Thalia's sticking around, Thalia can make a train again, clear the board for attacks. Like, there's potential, there's some potential there, I think. Yeah, but I'd rather just play a Skycave Apparition. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Skycave Apparition, <laughs> like, even Fiend Hunter is probably, like, it's easier to do it with this. With a Fiend yeah. Hunter, you just play the Fiend Hunter and exile something. This probably exiles, on average, one creature per its existence on the battlefield and if it gets two that's a bonus and I don't think even think it's that good at, at yeah. two I, mean, I guess you can't it, make it that big because if it was every time it attacked to exile a creature in the in play that would be ridiculous I guess yeah that's true that's true I mean it is yeah. a human as well though yeah it's true you can find it with um, Recruit of the Guard yeah yeah Recruit of the Guard doing Stalia's Lieutenant things like yeah uh, yeah there may be ways for, for it to work in some sort of Humans or D and T style deck, yeah. I yeah, I like it, but I, I think yeah, I think you, you've convinced me that maybe maybe it shouldn't be mythic. Yeah, it's just I'm it's not the, quite sure why it's training why it's, card, right? Yeah, definitely. This definitely. is them pushing. So that, you know, there's always a couple of cards that, that push a mechanic in the set to to its fullest extent, and this is the, the that that version of the card for training. Yeah, I'm it's just not sure why the cool, uh, 
Well, yeah, the Dracula is Valhant- Valhant- Helsing. Yeah, Van Helsing's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really not, not sure why. Have training, but yeah, same. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense to me, but uh, odd yeah. choice, but cool it's art. Very odd choice. Yeah, very, very, very like all the the Dracula variants are extremely cool, like the photorealistic style. But yeah, yeah, this one seems kind of like a myth to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Next up, then we have Soren the Mirthless in his four different variants: as legendary planeswalker Soren, four mana, four loyal planeswalker. Plus one, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card and put it in your hand. If you do, you lose life equal to its mana value. Minus two, create a 2-3 black vampire creature token with flying and lifelink. And minus seven, Son of the Mirthless deals 13 damage to any target. You gain 13 life. Sure. <laughs> easiest hit. Easiest yep. hit a lot, I think. It's Count Dracula and has just incredible Castlevania art too. Easy hit. Like, yeah, just I'm... the most sovereign things ever. Everyone loves this card. Everyone is going to love this card. Yeah, it's great. It's just great. It's yeah. no, I don't know if it's particularly... I don't know, it's, it's probably just kind of playable as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, just decent. Like All the arts are great. Let's move on. It's easy. Yeah, easy. <laughs> easiest one of the bunch. Saying that, I feel like this next one might be even easier. We have oh, Toxreal the Corrosive. Five black black for a 7-7 seven, seven, slug horror, legendary creature. At the beginning of each end step, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Creatures you don't control get minus one minus one for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, create a 1-1 one, one black slug creature token. You pay blue black, sacrifice a slug, draw a card. And then, then let's just talk about that. That black and white sketch art because that is that is something else that's it's incredible it's horrible <laughs> absolutely it. amazing I yeah I, I don't know the more I look at it the more like disgusted I am by it it's fantastic absolutely fantastic yes it's 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 gruesome yeah I mean I know they've brought like a like a cool like artist in to do like to do this art and I know they, they already brought in uh, Ayami Kojima to do the Soren card but I think they really, really missed out by not getting Junji Ito to do this card. Yeah, it's got some kind of Junji Ito vibes, right? It's a huge legendary slug, yeah. Like this would have yeah. been amazing if they'd they got Ito to do this card. That would have been so cool. But the card itself is very cool. The card itself is very cool, and and the art that they have gone with is also incredible. But this is just an easy hit. I love this card. It's so strange. Slime counters, sacrifice a slug, draw a card. Love that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like this is the the slug answer to the get rock, get rock, get rock monster that we never knew we needed. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I love this so much more than the get rock monster. Yeah, it's it's very it's very silly. Um, like a, this, like the, the control finisher of all control finishers. Yeah. So like this single handedly just gets rid of all your opponent's creatures and has card advantage and can make one ones that actually finish the game if you want to. Yeah. Uh, I, the only thing I will complain about is the the five black black mana cost, and then its its um, color identity is actually blue black because of that single blue pip in the <laughs> the in bottom left hand corner, the bottom of the text box, yeah. which kind of sucks. But um, nah, I, still, I, I like still it. It's great. I like it. This card's incredible. Yeah, easy easiest hit of the lot. I think and really truly truly disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to our last one. Then finally, we have volatile arsonist. Is five mana, so three red red for a four four human werewolf as menace and haste. Whenever it attacks, it deals one damage to, to each of up to one target creature, up to one target player, and or up to one target planeswalker. 
that's the daybound side. And on the nightbound side, it is Dire Strain Anarchist. It's a 5 5 with Menace and Haste. Um, whenever it attacks, it deals 2 damage to each of up to 1 target creature, up to 1 target player, and or up to 1 target planeswalker. Um, Seems pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to say Myth, though. Yeah? Cost 5 mana. Yeah, that is true. That I is don't true. know if you cast it when it's nightbound, it's silly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> cast this during the night. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I just, it feels like a bulk mythic to me. I don't know why. It's yeah, pretty I big, think. Like, an attack, like, attack, like, doing damage to three separate things is pretty big, I guess. Yeah, that's it. it, it Dual damage of planeswalkers. I could kill a creature, kill a planeswalker, like, potentially on its on its, its nightbound side is, is pretty cool. But how does this how does this stack up when you compare it to something like Hellrider? Because I think that was obviously the the first thing my mind jumped to was like, oh, it's kind of like a Hellrider effect when it attacks, deal damage here. But I think Hellrider is just a better card overall. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know. It's five mana. It's got menace and haze, so like it immediately smacks them in the head. Yeah, I guess it's mythic because the nightbound side is 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 very very good. It's yeah, the nightbound side is ridiculous. Like. Yeah, you could like. You're probably gonna like take out two creatures and deal two damage to the opponent and a planeswalker if you've got one, like, at the worst, and that's pretty good. Yeah, at the I mean, best just... you're gonna you're, at the best you're gonna do seven damage and maybe kill one of the creatures. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing that tips over is that you play this, it attacks, kills a trump blocker, and then leaves them having if they want to block it. Because of menace having to throw like potentially a real creature underneath. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the reason because it's definitely it's, it's probably killing something. Yeah, it's probably always going to be a two for one. I think. So, yeah, it's the the menace plus the potential creature removal probably tips over, especially on the nightbound side. No, I think I've convinced myself. I think it's I think it's a yeah. I think it's a hit for me, but I think so. I I think I think I agree with you there. I give it a hit just because the, the nightbound side is so ridiculous. Yeah, I, but the, the, I guess part of the problem is it's contending with Gods Dragon at that slot. Yeah. And I sprang a Werewolf Tribal deck, which I don't think exists currently, even with all the werewolves we have, and I don't think this is the reason why you want to play Werewolf Tribal. Yeah, no. No, but still, it is, it's a pretty cool card. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. Maybe not so much in the the daybound side, but the nightbound side definitely has that, that mythic feel to it. So yeah, I'm going to give sure. it a hit. Yeah. That cool. Cool, and that is all of our mythics from uh, <laughs> Innistrad Crimson Vow. It feels like a lot. It feels like a hell of a lot of mythics. Yeah, it, no, it does. And I, I think a lot of them just feel like filler to me. That's why, like, the whole cemetery cycle, I think, could be rare, is the thing with me. Yeah, we've got 20 mythics this time. Yeah. I don't know. They all feel... Most of them feel good, it's just the cemetery cycle just sort of leaves me feeling a bit confused. Yeah, definitely. I guess, yeah, you get rid of the cemetery cycle and you would have the normal 15 mythics that you'd have in a set anyway. Yeah, it's a big set. It's just like a uh, huge set. 277. Yeah, no, this is the same size as uh, as Midnight Hunt. Yeah. I mean, this this makes me more excited for the double feature thing. I'm very excited for that and see, see what, what we get there. Yeah, that's what true. Makes that's true. Sense. I think that that's the, that's the thing. I think both these Innistrad sets have been fantastic for what they are. I, I do feel like Crimson Bow maybe misses the mark a little in some places. Um, yeah. Definitely do, doesn't quite hit the same way that Midnight Hunt has. Um, but it's still a really cool set, still a very 
on flavour, a lot of cool Innistrad stuff going on, and yeah, combine the two together, I think we're gonna we're gonna make for some fun fun drafts, I think. Yeah, I mean all the alternate arts are really cool. Yeah. Yeah, all the artwork is amazing as always for any Innistrad set. I think there's a lot of rares in this set that I really like as well. Things like we haven't touched on, stuff like like Path of Peril is really cool, like Patchwork Crawler is fantastic. Rune of Stromkirk is, is pretty interesting as well, like that card a lot. Yeah, I think I, I think this could be could be a pretty good good set. I mean Innistrad's always good, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't think you can do it wrong. Yeah, hopefully hopefully that'll that'll be it for the next next couple of years and then we'll go back to Innistrad and Emrakul will make a return, hopefully. That's what I want to see next from Innistrad, I think. God, I'm just excited for the Nards being magic set to care about for a little bit after this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, you I mean just... you don't care about Cyberpunk Kamigawa? Dude, that's next year. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. mean, I know next year isn't that all that far away, but it, that feels like a big enough break. Like this. Yeah. It's a whole holiday to celebrate in between. Yeah, that's true. And maybe 2022 will be good. Right? I mean, it can't be any. Don't say that. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, say it. it. I'm not even gonna say. No, it. it can't. What I'm gonna be. say is that's all we have time for this week. <laughs> nice. Not even gonna finish that thought. Come, let us know your thoughts and feelings about this hit or myth about the mythics. So why have we got twenty mythics in the set? Come, let us know on social media. On Twitter, we're at hrftcast, Facebook.com/slash hrftcast. Or if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode, you'd like to give back in the monetary value, you can use up at Patreon or patreon.com slash arrow devastation. Tears start from as little as $1 per month, that's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. Now, this podcast is brought to you by manalink.com, where you can use promo code HOFD5 to get 5% off your whole order, including Crimson Vile Seal products. Nice. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at peachgardenoaf, so with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon, I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups, I'm sure you'll see me about. Also stream magic every Friday night over at Twitch, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. We do cube, we do historic, we do like Modern Horizons 2 drafts, we do a whole bunch of things. Uh, we'll be streaming the Eternal Weekend events as well that are coming up this month. We'll be doing nice full day-long streams for that, more info on that in next week's episode. But yeah, come hang out, it's a good time. Twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jeansneeler. Almost said nice. Man, yeah, I think you can. I think you can carry over the bit. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's, it, it is still nice. <laughs> I think so. That's why I changed my handle to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still tweeting. By God, am I tweeting? Yeah, despite everything. Despite it all. I mean, I've been tweeting about Lorraine Kelly today. It's been nice. Yeah. She's she's said some pretty cool things. Good, good for her. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, nothing else interesting has got my block list got a bit longer today. That's nice. Hey, nice. It tends to get a bit longer every day because someone will say something to me and I'll just respond with a, a terrible meme and then block them. <laughs> nice. That nice. is my right. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's all right that more people should exercise. I think. Yeah, just block them. It's funny. Just get yeah. them to explain themselves like in excruciating detail and then reply with like... <laughs> just a, block them. <laughs> just reply with like a, a picture of like a minion doing a moon. Uh, yeah. Just put this whole bare ass out and then just block them. It's just very, it's very funny. And then go about Brilliant. your day. Brilliant. Big fan of that. That's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.